Section 9 of National Geographic Magazine, Volume 2, Numbers 3 to 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Number 4. The Ordnance Survey of Great Britain, Part 2 by josiah pierce jr eighteen sixty one to nineteen o two the ordnance survey of great britain as it exists today is a remarkable publishing bureau from whose presses are given the most elaborate and accurate series of maps which any country possesses maps not alone confined to the representation of the physical features of the country but containing every detail of interest or value for civil or military purposes it has justly gained the commendation of the french that it is a work without precedent and should be taken as a model by all civilized nations the principal scales of publication adopted by the ordnance survey are one a general map on the scale of one mile to one inch two county plans on the scale of six inches to one mile three cadastral or parish plans for the whole country on the scale of one over two thousand five hundred or about twenty five and one third inches to one mile on which one square inch on the plan represents an area of one acre four for towns of over four thousand inhabitants a scale of one over five hundred of actual length on the ground or ten point five six feet to one mile on the latter scale the city of london with its environs could not be well shown on a sheet of paper less than three hundred feet long by two hundred wide when the facts are taken into consideration that the ordnance survey is a cadastral one in other words that one of its many objects is the measurement and definition of all existing boundaries political municipal parochial or private and a survey and valuation of property for assessments that its maps are accepted in courts of law as authoritative on such questions then the problem of the scales of publication is the most important one to be considered as an illustration of the relation of the scale of a map to the amount of detail which can well be represented on it without confusion assume for a moment that an observer is stationed in a balloon which can be raised or lowered or placed at any desired height above the ground and in addition that he is provided with a horizontal screen on which he is able to trace the details of the landscape below the eye of the observer well represents the lens of a camera and the screen the focusing plate therefore to produce a perfect image or map of the ground below it will be necessary to assume that all parts are stationary balloon plate and eye for convenience 
assume that the eye remains over the centre of the screen at a distance of two feet at a height of four miles above the ground the scale of the image on the screen would be exactly six inches to one mile or a reproduction of the popular county map on which every detail of importance such as houses roads paths and fences is shown and the smallest scale on which any attempt is made to preserve the relative proportions of such details on such a scale the one hundredth part of an inch represents a distance of very nearly nine feet on the ground and consequently however accurate the map might be in its projection as an image showing the relative positions of all objects of importance on the ground the scale is clearly too small for the measurement of areas for valuation purposes and it is but a reproduction of the larger cadastral map again assume that the balloon is stationed at a height of twenty-four miles above the ground and that the observer places his eye at the same distance of two feet above the screen and attempts to construct a map from the image on the screen which is now reproduced at a scale of one mile to one inch or the exact scale of the general map it needs but little imagination to foretell that houses would be mere specks roads faint lines and forests masses of colour in other words that it would be more instructive to consult the general map on which all details are magnified to be clearly visible and topographic features brought out with great distinctness than to attempt to trace with unaided eye from the image of objects at a distance of twenty-four miles the course of streams or roads through forest or moor or to judge of the relative elevations or modelling of the ground from the values of light and shade without an intimate local knowledge of the county there would be nothing to indicate the name or boundaries of villages or estates or the political and other subdivisions of the land which are most clearly indicated on the map in unmistakable styles of lettering another and more serious problem which would be lessened as the balloon receded from the earth would be the distortion in perspective produced by the irregularities of the surface the higher points being nearer the balloon would appear in the image on larger scale than the lower and only in the case of a perfectly level country would it be possible to produce a map without distortion by the method proposed and then only for a limited area as the balloon receded the relative differences of elevation would bear a smaller and smaller proportion or ratio to the distance in other words the distortion would grow less until at an infinite distance it might be neglected we might conceive that the observer was stationed at an infinitely great distance and provided with a series of magnifying lenses of suitable powers 
to produce maps of any desired scale yet beyond a limited area he would still be confronted with the problem of eliminating the distortion produced by the curvature of the earth such is the conception of an accurate map which is an attempt to produce on a plane surface or sheet of paper a horizontal projection of objects on the ground which will show the relative positions of every detail on any desired scale with as little distortion as possible and on which distances may be measured in any direction and areas computed with a degree of accuracy only limited by the scale when a survey of a small area is made such as an estate or parish which bears but a small proportion in area to the surface of the earth curvature is neglected distortion due to this cause being imperceptible but in the survey of a large country it is of primary importance returning to the conception of an observer stationed at an infinite distance his position with reference to the new general one-inch map of england and wales would be in the plane of a meridian passing through delamere in cheshire and the published quarter sheets would be a series of rectangles each eighteen miles by twelve miles containing an area of two hundred and sixteen square miles whose edges were parallel to and at right angles to the central meridian those of scotland and ireland have for each country a central meridian and projection in viewing the county maps of six inches to one mile and larger scales it would be necessary to assume that the observer was stationed over the centre of each county except that where two or three counties lie so well north and south of one another the same meridian serves for more than one in the reproduction by photography of the maps on the scale of one mile to one inch from those of larger scale these facts that different planes of projection are used for the latter have to be taken into consideration in countries of larger areas than england it is more customary to assume a central meridian for each sheet in other words the observer would be stationed in the zenith of the centre of each sheet and would sketch but a limited area the successive planes of projection represented by the maps would resemble the facets of a diamond and it would be impossible to combine with any degree of precision a large number together in one plane surface on the other hand the whole of the one inch series of england and wales of scotland or ireland register perfectly and the distortion due to curvature cannot be great as the combined area of the three countries bears but a small ratio to the whole surface of the globe attention has been called to the fact that viewed from a balloon in ordinary sunlight the minor features of topography become flattened and indistinct if therefore we regard a sheet of the one-inch map 
held at a distance of two feet from the eye as the picture of a country seen at the distance of twenty-four miles we see that details that would be invisible from above are brought out with great distinctness on the map and every detail of topography is shown in bold relief in other words the map is a diagram rather than a picture in the representation of relief on the one-inch series two systems are common contours and hatchures contours represent the successive shorelines which water at rest would form in following the modelling of the ground at successive stages or elevations if we now assume that the water having reached the highest point is allowed to retreat steadily to sea level the paths which the particles of water would take from all points of the surface are those which the engraver would endeavour to reproduce in the shade lines of a hatchard map in addition he would adopt an arbitrary scale of shade increasing with the steepness of the slopes from white on a horizontal surface to dead black on slopes of forty-five degrees or greater to produce the effect of a model of the surface illuminated from above in the irish maps this effect is bolder and more artistic an illumination from the northeast quarter having been carried out the shade lines still preserve the paths of particles of water in motion on the surface the colour values being deeper on the eastern and southern slopes shadows have even been projected across valleys and horizontal surfaces are in half tone producing much the same effect as the illumination of the country at sunset in midsummer the irish maps exhibited are considered the finest specimens of careful hill shading and will bear critical examination for comparison with these other topographic maps are exhibited of many scales and countries so far attention has simply been drawn to a few of the problems of map making which are briefly first the reproduction on a finite scale on a plain surface of the natural features of the terrain with all the artificial boundaries and objects added by man so far as the scale permits second the extension of such a series of maps to cover a large area of country still carried out with as little distortion as possible third the reproduction of such maps on suitable scales to meet all demands if the conception is still carried out that the map at a distance of two feet is but the image of the ground viewed from above then the cadastral map of england from which areas of fields and estates are measured for valuation purposes would represent a view of the country from above at a range of five thousand feet or nearly one mile and a town plan an image at one thousand feet or a possible view from a series of eiffel towers this suggestion of an observer stationed in a balloon 
will not have been valueless if it draws attention to the fact that vastly more information is given on the map than it would be possible for any single observer to discover from an elevated station with an unobstructed view the map being the compilation of the results of hundreds of observations by many workers and that its scale and the amount and character of the detail shown have been specially designed to meet definite ends it is beyond the limits of the paper to enter into the theory or practice of surveying or to say more than a few words of the delicate and refined operations necessary in carrying out the geodetic or trigonometrical work of a national survey which binds together the many parts to make a complete whole the principal triangulation of the british isles was begun in seventeen eighty four and finished in eighteen fifty two two magnificent three feet theodolites made by ramsden one for the royal society the other for the master general of the ordnance an eighteen-inch theodolite also by ramsden and two feet theodolite by troughton and sims were used in these observations in the principal triangulation of great britain and ireland there are two hundred and eighteen stations at sixteen of which there are no observations the number of observed bearings is one thousand five hundred and fifty four and the number of equations of condition nine hundred and twenty in order to avoid the solution of this enormous number of equations containing nine hundred and twenty unknown quantities the network covering the kingdom was divided into a number of blocks each presenting a not unmanageable number of equations of condition these calculations all in duplicate were completed in two years and a half an average of eight computers being employed many of the sides of the principal or primary triangulation are of great length sixty-six of them exceeding eighty miles while eleven measure more than one hundred miles the longest being one hundred and eleven miles that from sea fell to sheer donard so great however had been the accuracy of the observer's work that the average amount of correction of the observed angles was no more than naught point six seconds and the measured length of the salisbury base differed from its length as computed from the irish base three hundred and fifty miles distant by a difference of only five inches the secondary triangulation interpolates points at shorter distances apart ranging down to five miles the observations being made with theodolites of twelve inch circle these triangles again are broken up into smaller ones of sides from one to two miles in length for use of the surveyor who is to follow and measure between the stations with the chain and a further subdivision of the trigonal spaces is made in towns to points about ten chains apart 
where the survey is to be made on the very large special scale in the two last cases seven-inch instruments suffice for the measurement of the angles leveling from eighteen thirty nine to eighteen fifty five lines of initial leveling extending all over england scotland and ireland were run and the observed altitudes of the benchmarks were reduced by the method of least squares in england and scotland these levels are based on the ordnance datum at liverpool which is approximately the mean tide level of that place in ireland they are based on the low water level at dublin which is about eight feet below the mean level round the coast of ireland the detail levelling is carried out contemporaneously with the progress of the cadastral survey starting from the marks on the initial series lines are run along nearly all the turnpikes and parish roads and benchmarks cut at intervals of about a quarter of a mile the whole of the benchmarks of the initial levelling are shown in position on the twenty-five inch manuscript plans and their heights given to the nearest tenth of a foot surface heights to the nearest foot are also marked on the plans at frequent intervals between the benchmarks contouring contrary to the custom in other countries the contours of the english survey have all been surveyed and levelled on the ground checked by the numerous benchmarks the standard of accuracy demanded in levelling being two tenths of a foot owing to the expense of the process about one dollar twenty five per lineal mile only the hundred foot contours have been surveyed except where greater detail is required for military purposes which information is not furnished to the public hill shading the hill features for the one-inch maps are first sketched in the field by the military method of slopes and sketch contours or proof impressions of the contoured sheet finished drawings from the field sketches are then made on cardboard impressions from the one-inch outline plates and finished as guides for the engraver to work by beautiful and delicate in finish as is all the work of the copper-plate engravers on the ordnance survey there is perhaps no branch in which they so peculiarly excel as in their delineation of hills on the one-inch maps it is impossible in the limits of a single paper to attempt to describe the methods and processes of publication which are carried at the headquarters of the ordnance survey at southampton carefully prepared treatises on the subject have been written by officers engaged in the work and for clear and concise description none are better than the series of articles by captain h sankey of the royal engineers published in engineering in eighteen eighty eight there are two points of great interest in connection with the ordnance survey which cannot be neglected the one its military organization and the other the economy of its methods of publication 
of its military organization which has continued since the first surveys were made for military purposes it may be said that the conservative precision of its methods of field work are best adapted for military control and discipline under the successive superintendence of highly educated officers of the royal engineer corps whose patriotic efforts have been to secure efficiency and economy in the service the country has greatly profited many of the improvements and inventions that have made possible the publication of maps of all scales at the lowest possible cost are the results of experiments made by these officers it should not be forgotten in addition that as a branch of the war office and the publishing department of the intelligence branch military supervision is essential its officers are therefore not open for public inspection except on proper introduction the author had the rare privilege of spending three months at the southampton office in eighteen eighty eight through the introduction of the director of the geological survey and the request of our recent minister in london mr phelps nothing could have exceeded the courtesy and hospitality of the director of the survey sir charles w wilson and the officers in charge of the various departments not alone in granting the necessary authority to inspect every branch of the work but in lending personal aid and men for that purpose great interest was also expressed in the topographic surveys of this country which differ so essentially from the ordnance survey in the former field work and methods are directly adapted to the scale of publication in the latter the larger scale of publication governs the operations of the survey and the smaller scales are reduced by photography with a gradual elimination of unnecessary details from the larger to the smaller scales until finally the topographic map of the country on the scale of one mile to one inch is produced which possesses an accuracy and character that could be obtained by no other method to illustrate this important subject there are exhibited a series of experimental and complete maps and diagrams which will well repay careful examination they were prepared and collected at the ordnance survey at southampton expressly for this purpose and with the kind permission of the present director colonel sir charles w wilson r e being royal engineers c b being companion of the order of the bath the author desires to state that many of the paragraphs of the paper particularly those relating to the history of the ordnance survey have been extracted from the following works and reports on the subject one the ordnance survey of the united kingdom by lieutenant colonel p pinkerton white r e two the ordnance survey of the kingdom by captain h s palmer r e three methods and processes adopted for the production of the maps of the ordnance survey 
by lieutenant general sir henry james r e f r s being a fellow of the royal society and four reports of colonel colby and others in the blue books presented to parliament eighteen fifty through eighteen sixty end of section nine recording by steve chilvers norwich england